0: Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. With that, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have on Akeen Sawyer, who's Decred Strategy and Governance Lead. We've had on Jake and pyatt previously. Um, we've done an in-depth Decred report on our site. So I don't want to belabor the, the Decred thesis here. I really want to spend some time on governance and strategy. But first, Akeen, why don't we get your story and how you got involved with Decred?
1: Sure. Um, So, you know, a lot of my background is in sort of Fortune 500 companies, doing strategy consulting. Um, And about a decade ago, I got involved with fintech across Africa. So I got involved in the fintech space in Africa by um, investing in a mobile payments company in Sierra Leone. And about halfway through, we realized relatively quickly that there was a really large market in terms of international remittances. And at the same time, it was an extremely inefficient market, especially as it relates to Africa, and Africa being the most expensive quarter to move money into and whatnot. And so we started just thinking about, you know, potential solutions and thinking about new ways to essentially try to disrupt the marketplace. And, you know, blockchain seemed to make sense, like right? from the protocol level yeah. as, you know, just a much more efficient way and a way to basically disintermediate the banks and, you know, the the large institutions that essentially control the remittance market. And so that got me into the blockchain space. And as I started started kind of researching a little bit further, you know, I was really somewhat trying to figure out where really is differentiator in the space, right? You know, most platforms are free and open source. So I didn't think it was the tech, right? I mean, if you could simply open source the tech and fork it, then that's not going to be a long-term area of competitive advantage. And so... I sort of started walking down a rabbit hole and realized that you know it really boils down to the community and the governance system of the network, as in my view, where you know the long-term sustainability of of a network really accrues. And so, doing research into the space, and then I really found out about Decred through um, the placeholder investment thesis of Decred, oh, yeah. and that was the very first time I heard about Decred, and. You know, that was pretty much the beginning of the end because I started digging in. It just made a lot of sense in a lot of ways. And so I, I slowly began, you know, got involved in the community. I think like lots of people, you know, one thing links to another and, you know, you eventually say, look, I want to I want to work with you guys and do this. And and that's sort of how my story um, started.
0: That's awesome. So you really didn't have like a dive into Bitcoin, per se. You were kind of here. Uh, from Decred first on after seeing Chris's post and, and your work.
1: Well, I knew a little bit about Decred. So I dabbled. So like, you know, my background, you know, since I was in college, I'd like traded equities and got into options trading just personally. And so like lots of people, like, you know, I bought some Bitcoin. I didn't really know what it was. It's like, I think it's speculative. And so I knew a little bit about, about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and probably got in in like 2014. Uh, I was sort of in and out, just sort of trading it, you know, making a couple hundred bucks here or there. But I kind of got into Decred when I started digging into blockchain more so and, you know, what the various possibilities were and how blockchains could, you know, disrupt various industries. Got it. So I think
0: it's worth spending the first half on governance, the second half on strategy for Decred. So at a high level, how does Decred's governance system work? Because a lot of uh, there's a lot of debate between off-chain versus on-chain systems. Do token holders have control? Uh, Do miners have control and stakers? What's like the start to end process on Decred's governance for, say, a protocol change?
1: So, like you said, like, so there there are really two parts or two major parts of our governance system, right? So there's the on-chain governance system. And we do have a process through which token holders who then stake their tokens and buy tickets can actually vote on those protocol level changes. And that's usually a longer, you know, it usually takes a couple of months to sort of reach a quorum and get enough tickets to vote. But those are few and far between and the threshold for, for getting those protocol level changes is, is fairly high in terms of making sure you're making the right decision. But then we also have our off-chain voting system, which is really where I think Decred shines in that, you know, 10% of, of block rewards go into a treasury and the treasury basically funds the operations of Decred. It funds, you know, developers, folks in marketing, it funds everything we do. And, the stakeholders get to vote, right, through a proposal system. So anyone can propose an idea that they think is worthwhile to pursue. um, And it's usually a process of debating that idea. And I think that's really important because there's a process where we're trying to find consensus as a community, right? So you have people pitching in, giving their thoughts and ideas. And oftentimes these proposals tend to evolve over that period of time based on feedback from the community. um, And then eventually it goes to a vote. And so the process of having those discussions, I think, is very, very immaterial because it's it's a way, one, to find consensus, but it's also a way to kind of inform each other and share information, right? And I think typically it's, it's a way for us to arrive at the right answer, but by making sure that everyone who gets a vote has all the information they need to make the best decision. And I think that process also builds a lot of trust within the community because you begin to identify various individuals, people, who, you know, might have a perspective that you sort of align with. So I think over time, it also helps, you know, relationship building across the community. And so that process effectively is, you know, pretty much open to anyone in and out of the community, you join Politea, and you can propose ideas. It's usually, uh, we have guidelines on basically what we need to say, what we need to see, you know, you know what, when, how, why, you know, what's it going to cost? And yeah, so that's that's pretty much that.
0: No, for sure. I really like the mix of an on-chain and an off-chain system, right? Because you need stake, but you also have the off-chain place where you guys could freely discuss changes and upgrades and stuff like that. A lot of people compare governance systems across cryptos and Bitcoin's the poster child for this, just from all the contentious forks that have gone on. Decred is clean in that there's never really been a contentious issue, right? Do you think that there's never been a contentious issue within Decred because the governance system works so well and you're able to discuss these things? Or do you think it's just that Bitcoin is so large, it's kind of the nature of having a larger community?
1: No, I mean, I think, I think it's the nature of the governance process, right? So, I mean, you think about it, it's a repeated game. And every time you have a you know, proposal you know, from the first one to like the 10th or the 20th, over time, you're building trust within the community. Right, because you're having interactions, people are getting to know each other, whether you're anonymous or not, like you have a handle. And I think over time it, it builds a level of trust where everyone kind of feels like you're pushing towards the same direction. And so even when we've had what I'd consider like engaging conversations or you know, what you might call contentious conversations, they've been in a very particular way. It's really around people trying to get more information, trying to understand what's going on. And I think because of the trust that's been built within the community you generally know that everyone is sort of trying to push in the right direction. Now, what we've seen that's been interesting to that point is, you know, in forums, you know, so we have lots of forums when these conversations happen outside of Politea. And we found that in, in certain votes where there's there's a lot of noise or there's a small camp of people that might be very against um, something, when it actually goes to the vote, it's overwhelmingly positive. Right. So we've seen this phenomenon where you have this vocal minority that shows up every now and then. And you know, you're not you're not you're not always sure what their what their you know what their goals are. You could have people who are just there to kind of stir the pot, right? Because hey, conversation is free. And so we've seen that a couple of times where, you know, votes that look like they're gonna be very contentious, you know, like you know, hiring market makers or or even getting, you know, our PR firm in the, in the first round seem pretty contentious. But You know, the votes went through and we had high turnouts and they were overwhelmingly on the positive side.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you guys got Ditto PR. And and I want to thank Margaret uh, for setting this up and Trey for starting a great company. Uh, Looking forward to their holiday party will probably be after this comes out. But to to your point, it is a very small minority that's generally loud, right? I guess my question for you here is that as Decred grows in size, right? And as Bitcoin grows in size, it's very hard to implement a new governance system, right? Like, I don't think Bitcoin will never have on-chain voting, right? right? It'll never have that. Do you think that having this formal governance system in place is a competitive advantage over the next, say, 50 years?
1: I think it is, right? Because I think it sets the rules of the game right up front. And everyone is now incentivized to behave in very particular ways, Right. So there are many things about the Decred governance system that, you know, is really around us aligning incentives across various stakeholder groups, um, making sure that anyone who has a vote has skin in the game. So your vote will have some technically should have some economic impact. Right. And you should live and die by um, your vote. Right. So having economic value at risk, I think, is a good way to align incentives as well. Right? And I think a lot of those measures we put in place, the way I kind of think about it is it sets you in a particular trajectory where if everyone knows the rules, everyone understands what you're pushing towards, it's, it's a signaling system, one that, that hopefully attracts the right people who are aligned with your philosophy and aligned in what you're trying to accomplish. But over time, I think it accrues value in terms of just the quality of the community, right? in terms of the trust that's built, the relationships that are built. And you know, I think about it as kind of like bootstrapping effective governance in that if you do right at the beginning that accumulates over time and at some point you know you reach sort of like a event horizon where there's there are enough people who are bought into that culture that it becomes hard to kind of unseat it and I think the corollary also shows up when if there's no clear process if it's kind of like a free-for-all then you have people in the community who have different ideas of where you're pulling towards or going and you always not end up at junctures where there is a contentious conversation and then you realize, oh, I thought we we're all going north, but different people want to put in different directions. And that, cause, that, that can cause some real you know, stalemates and challenges, which could be very detrimental to the long term goal of the community. No, for sure.
0: So I guess a pushback that people would have that don't like decred system is they would say that Bitcoin's off chain system is very community driven. Right. Like you can't purchase a stake and sway a vote or. You can't be a whale holder or you can't bribe token holders to vote. How do you think Decred kind of addresses some of the pitfalls of the issues with token holder governance? And I, I feel like people should remember your earlier point about also having that off-chain dynamic as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we've sort of set our, our camp to the fact that having in the game is important, right? And so if you have to stake your tokens and you have some value at risk, and that earns you the right to basically vote on initiatives. Now, I think in, in other forums, it's not quite clear. And so, for example, even in the Bitcoin, in, in Bitcoin and when you have contentious conversations, right? It's not quite clear who actually has at stake or who has any risk. Right. So I could be a loud faction with zero economic value at risk, but I'm trying to push towards a certain direction that's not might not be optimum. Right. And I think where you don't have any stake in a decision then you're not going to have to live with the consequences of that decision. then it kind of can create a lot of, you know, sort of perverse outcomes or lead to outcomes that are not optimal. Um, and so our view is that, look, there's, there's no, I don't necessarily think there's a, a perfect governance system yet, but I think as far as governance goes, making sure it's clear and transparent, everyone in particular knows the rules of the game and the rules cannot be changed, you know, midstream. I think is really important. So regardless of the process you have, having clarity into what that process is and people being able to trust in the process, I think is key.
0: No, That's a really good point. I mean, there's been a lot of issues, not even around the decisions, but the decision making process itself. Right. So Chris Berniski recently tweeted about this, about how it's not just what you're changing, but how you go about changing it. Ethereum's faced this issue with some of its upgrades where nobody really knows what's going on, for lack of better word, despite a great community. Uh, Zcash is going through this with its funding issues. Uh, Bitcoin has gone through this dozens of times with forks, right? Do you think that as a coordination mechanism, just grouping everybody's ideas, thoughts and visions and being able to discuss that process is unique to decred or do you think other projects are easily going to copy that or run with it um, from that perspective?
1: I mean, I think in terms of how it's been deployed, it's unique to decred. Um, I think we'll see more and more, and we're already seeing this, more and more projects begin to grapple with more intentionally with governance. And, you know, as they see sort of like the pitfalls of not having transparent governance, those discussions are beginning to happen. You know, I think it's you know, one of our mantras is Decred is, at Decred is that we want to use the collective intelligence of the community to make the best decisions, right? And I think our process importantly should be making the community more and more intelligent over time. So it's not just, look, we have a lot of smart people who can make great decisions, but it's the accumulation of these decisions and the process we go through and the fact that even if I'm on the wrong side of a discussion, as long as I know it was a fair process and I got to be heard and I could debate the merits of my direction. I think that enough tells people that, okay, it's fair and it's open and a vote might not always go my way, but at the very least I learned something from the process and hopefully the next time around, I'm much better informed and I really know what's going on across the community. And I think it it makes you feel like you're part of a coming and you're in to know what's going on. And, you know, the, the sum to of the history of your interaction with the community accumulates in knowledge.
0: For sure. So looking at the proposals that have passed and the ones that are upcoming, could you give us some insight into the change of people potentially interacting with Politea? Like, um, are you seeing more people, less people, smarter people, you know, everyday people, people from Wall Street, people from other crypto communities? I'm just trying to get a sense of how the governance community around Decred is growing or not growing?
1: So I think that, you know, Decred is sort of like a, it's a highly self-selective community. And what I mean by that is for better or worse, it takes some level of investment and really understanding the community, understanding the processes, digging in. And, you know, some people might see that as a barrier to kind of adopting or getting people in, but in my view, I see it a little bit differently. I see it as, look, you want people who are bought into, you know, we have a decred constitution, right? You want people who are bought into this idea of direction where we're going. And you also want people who will engage and spend the time and put in the effort, right? So I think there's a quality aspect that I think is, is important. And, you know, we'd rather have a smaller group of really good quality people that know what's going on, that are bought in, that are invested, than a much larger community where, you know, you just have a lot of potentially transactional people who are just here for, who are coming and going. And I think that makes Decred unique. And I think it's on the strength of that that I think we will scale over time and scale effectively.
0: No, that's fair. It's a good point. So, I mean, one of my last questions kind of on the governance side of things is what you guys are looking forward to in 2020. Do you think that there's going to be any contentious decisions or large decisions that the community will have to make?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to kind of foresee the future. I think we've made a lot of this year in 2019, we've made a lot of decisions that, you know, will come through in 2020. Right. So we're going to build a DEX. Um, We've uh, released an initial implementation of privacy that might get improved over time. Um, we'll integrate these new solutions into our, into the credit And so there's a lot of work that's already been earmarked for 2020. That I think of big fundamental shifts. Um, I don't necessarily see a lot of large technical related changes um, beyond that, but I think we'll continue to sort of iterate on the margins, right? In terms of spending money smartly on things that increase awareness of, of the community and what we're doing. Um, that expand our geographical reach, right? So spending more time across Africa and looking into just sort of, you know, un- better understanding, you know, what the value of Decred is in those markets and smartly investing in, you know, getting awareness. Um, I think it's a huge opportunity for us around just use cases for some of the platforms we already have, right? So this idea, I think it's a long-term idea within Decred that we're essentially eating what we preach and are building towards a DAO. And we're building all the pieces, the features, the technologies that allow us to effectively work as a DAO. Um, but we do think that all those things could be used by third parties, right? So governance as a, as a service, for example. Um, we think that there's a, a time, and it's probably starting in 2020, where we now begin to think about how do we now bring in third parties who could you know, leverage Politea or a new implementation of Politea or could leverage DCR time and our time stamping features um, and build new solutions on top of that. I think, to me, that's sort of the next phase of proposals. And I think when, in certain ways, I think as we kind of move into some of those new ideas, new proposals, then we'll get more people in as well because it will attract people who might say, hey, yeah, like there's a path now to potentially raising funding for this use case I want to build on top of Decred.
0: That's fair. And it kind of brings up a point that projects built on other layer ones need to productize themselves, right? Like they need to create a product or service. They need to charge for it. They need investors. With Decred and other projects that have self-funded treasuries, people don't have to productize. They can submit a proposal, get funding, and then build it without having to worry about making money on the product or service itself. Do you see that as a differentiator for... Builders on Decred.
1: Um, I see it as so. The, the way I think about it is, we have a we have a treasury, right? It's limited. We have to make the best decisions with it, but we do have a pool of funding that could bootstrap and attract use cases, right? And say, look, I think there will be scenarios where people coming and say, look, there the are parts of the infrastructure that are great. would like to repurpose, right? And we'll love some funding to kind of start this idea, but then that project could also raise funding externally, right? You could be a startup that's venture funded, but yet there's a path to leveraging digital infrastructure that's subsidized potentially by the treasury, right? I think that relationships like that would be ideal because it allows us to leverage our limited funds, right? And bring in outside ideas, outside capital, but at least there's a pathway for them to subsidize those integrations, whether it's through just leveraging, you know, resources we have on hand and or our capital as well. That's awesome. So
0: switching to strategy uh, with the time we have left, one of the big questions here is that a lot of projects in the space have had serious issues that kind of hardened their communities. Like Tezos had the Johan Givers fiasco. Bitcoin's had a zillion forks. Ethereum had Ethereum Classic, the DAO. Take your pick. Decred's never had like a serious issue, right? Like that's a good thing for the protocol, but it's also like you don't get that PR and news and hardening the community around something. Do you see that as a factor for Decred, good or bad? Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I think it's a good thing (laughs) because I think it, it speaks to how effective our processes that have been in place are working. I think it speaks to the strength of our governance process in knowing that it's fair and there's a process in place. There's recourse if you're censored on Politea, there's a history of that, right? So I think there are lots of things that we been done very deliberately that have avoided potential issues and contention. My hope is that that would continue. But at the same time, who knows? You know, I think the way I think about it is there will be contention, there will be, you know, what I consider interesting conversations that, you know, where in certain communities it could have the ability to split the community. I think in Decred, we'll be looking for consensus, right? We're looking for the solution. And I think just that cultural mindset of saying, look, we're going to find the best answer, I think is really important because it it affects how people engage. And I think it just is the nature of the culture of Decred. It doesn't have to be contentious.
0: No, that's fair enough. So switching to looking ahead on strategy, what's the biggest goals looking ahead for Decred? I mean, I know you mentioned the DEX. You guys rolled out Lightning Support a couple of months ago with the protocol upgrade through your governance system what are like the biggest things you're looking forward to uh, with D-Grid?
1: Yeah. So, so lightning support is, is, has been tested for a while and I think there's some interesting ramifications of implementing lightning beyond just having it as a layer two payment protocol, but it will give us the opportunity also to have or to make tweaks to our split ticketing system, which will now allow people to basically split tickets, right? So I think we're asked today, I think, I think the cost of a ticket on Decred is about 150 DCR or was trending that way. It's been trending up with, with lightning. It'll give us the ability to actually split tickets such that, you know, you might be essentially be able to buy a fractional ticket. Right. And I think what that would potentially do is open up the ability for more people to participate in staking, right? Because rather than having to, you know, lock up. I don't know, a couple thousand dollars, I'm able to lock up, you know, tens of dollars and have that ability to now to stake and to secure the network. So I think currently we probably have about a little over 50% of DCR outstanding at staked. I think once lightning comes through and we have, you know, split ticketing, then it'll be interesting to see where that number goes and how much higher higher it goes. And then, you know, how that might attract more people to the community who had seen, you know, ticketing as a barrier to participate in the past. Now, you know, like if that gets taken away, I think it strengthens the community.
0: Yeah. Ticket's point is cool because you could get basically more people involved in your governance process, which is excellent, right? So just looking, like zooming out at Decred, you guys have a lot of killer features, right? Like hybrid proof of stake, proof of work gives you a higher relative, not absolute, but relative security over Bitcoin. Right. You guys have easy voting. You have a lot going for you that's like super interesting, and I'm kind of wondering why you know, Decred isn't a top 10 coin, right? What would you say is the factors, um, why, and how do you think that the Decred community gets there? And you don't have to make any assumptions on price. That's not why we're here. More thinking just strategy-wise.
1: Yeah, I think it's a matter of time, right? So like I said before, I think there's a learning curve or a participation curve to get involved in Decred. I think that makes it harder in certain ways to sort of, you know, just have this runaway community size and growth, right? they are very particular things you need to understand and how you engage. Um, so I think in some ways, right, that might have slowed things down. But I think over the long term, it's a good thing because we're trying to build in terms of incrementally, in terms of, you know, just having a quality group, a quality culture. And, you know, we have an iterative iterative approach to building things. You know, we still believe that, you know, fundamentally Decred is the best alternative store value to Bitcoin. Right. And we believe that for lots of the things that we're looking forward to over long term, that, you know, fundamentally being a solid store of value is critical. Right. And then everything that goes along with that, you know, security and having a secure network, privacy and making sure that you have the option to opt into private transactions. Right. You know, lowering that barrier to people participating by getting speed ticketing in. So I think I think the challenge with decredit is sort of like one of the best kept secrets in that there's a lot that we have going for us but i think that over time those things will become more and more valuable to the rest of the crypto community right we think governance and 2020 will become increasingly a, 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 an issue across the network and you know as as the rest of the crypto community begin to value those things that we value from the start i think it'll bring more notoriety a bit to sorry to decred and we'll get there eventually so
0: that's a good point So governance is definitely a differentiating factor for you guys, kind of the the focus of this podcast episode. What do you think is the driving factor for governance to really be known as a differentiating factor? I mean, we obviously have all the history of Bitcoin and Ethereum, but there's a bunch of new layer ones launching with differing governance systems like Polkadot has token holder voting, where if you lock it up for longer, it multiplies your vote and they have a council. Like it seems like we're still in the governance experimentation phase for a lot of projects, if that makes sense.
1: Right. So, I mean, my perspective on governance is I have two main things I think about when I think about governance. I think one is, you know, ensuring that individual sovereignty is sacrosanct, right? So I tend to think that delegated systems to introduce potential challenges that might not show up up front, but down the line, you know, my general perspective is, you know, we have all these like principal-agent we introduce principal-agent challenges or situations where there's someone who now has, you know, voting rights on behalf of someone else. Like those systems eventually get corrupted, right? And we've seen it in the natural in the natural world with you know great government systems that eventually degrade um, because certain groups want to capture it over others. So I think it's, you know, for me, it's important that individual sovereignty is held as very key. And I think as much as possible, simplicity, right? I think there are lots of complex governance processes that people are introducing, experimenting with that, you know, who knows? They might turn out to be great. But for me, wherever I see an unnecessary complexity, I think it just adds another layer of uh, potential confusion where... People who are maybe buying into a system they don't fully understand. And at some point, you know, they kind of have this aha saying, well, this is not really what I bought into. So I think making it, you know, keeping it simple, making sure that it's participatory and making sure that the individual basically never has to, like, delegate or give up control as much as possible. I think those are, like, you know, key things that a good governance system should um, should emphasize.
0: Yeah, no, it, that, I definitely agree. The other question there, though, is kind of the voter apathy idea, right? Like MakerDAO's votes, Aragon's votes, there's like no turnout, right? Because it's nobody cares. The votes are too often. How do you think that Decred kind of addresses that? And I think as a side note, Tezos does a good job here with having protocol upgrades that aren't that often, right? Because everybody has time to review and get involved. How do you think about voter participation and voter apathy there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Politea, our, our, our off-chain voting process has been around for a little over a year. On average, we have, you know, ticket turnouts over 30 percent. I think we're highest um, by far in the crypto space. I, I think some of the reasons for that are, you know, based on sort of, you know, the points I laid out. The fact that, you know, we have a very well-informed community. We have a well-informed community that has skin in the game, that has value at risk. Right. And whenever your money is, in my view, whenever there's money at risk or money at stake, it encourages people to engage. Right. Because you have something to gain or something to lose. Right. And so I think as as projects think about, you know, design themes and what's important, you need to figure out ways to ensure that the community is bought in and wants to invest the time and space. And that starts from how you signal who would be interested in being part of the community from the, from the onset.
0: No, that's fair. So closing out here, a few last uh, questions here. What do you think is something that the decredit community initially did wrong, uh, recently did wrong? Any pitfalls that you think the community faced that uh, you've since fixed or you guys are attempting to fix?
1: Hmm tough one. I don't really think. It could
0: be constructive. It could be something that you think that the community may have to do better or maybe focus on in 2020. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, an existing issue.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I think we need to, I mean, this is just my personal view. I think we, we need to spend more time and resources really understanding the value that we have. I think sometimes we might take it for granted and figuring out ways we can Transpose that to third parties of the rest of the community. All right. So things I talked about earlier on about some of the core infrastructure we've built out of necessity, you know, we had to build DCR time because we had a time stamping solution to build Politea on top of. Now we have Politea. We have a year of, of proposals going through. I think that as a solution has a lot of legs. And I think there are lots of third parties that might be able to leverage that. So I think that there's a big opportunity for us to really maybe more proactively really begin to understand use cases, segments of society where this could be, there could be lots of value to using our platforms and proactively going after those spaces.
0: For sure. And, and my last question for you, Keen, is the social contract of protocols is um, gaining more momentum in crypto Twitter and the space as defining factors here, right? So the things people agree to, why they rally around a protocol, why forks aren't the same thing, right? How do you feel Decred's social contract, social influence in the space has stayed the same, grown, et cetera? Because we've seen a lot of changes in other protocols over the last you know, five years, per se. And there's a lot of protocols launching with social contracts that people generally don't necessarily agree with, per se.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I think a lot of that lends to credibility, right? Long-term. I think that You know, the fact that Decred has a constitution I thought was really interesting, right? Because it really speaks out to the broad governance or, or sorry, the broad philosophical idea around Decred. Why Decred? What are the things that we hold to be important? You know, free and open source software, individual sovereignty, making sure people have privacy, right? And so if you think about that as an organizing theme, it basically sends a signal that this is who we are, what we're about, and we're moving towards. And we can hold ourselves against that. right? And I think that, I think in many ways, that's, that's really critical, right? Because the corollary I would make is, you know, look at the United States. It has a constitution, there's a set of laws. But the U.S. as a country has been an iterative process, right? You went from a constitution, then you had a Bill of Rights, and you have a number of amendments, Right? And, but it's moving towards a particular direction that's based off of certain, you know, agreed to philosophical positions. And in many ways, Decred is similar. Right? We have, you know, an agreed to set of philosophical positions that you pretty much need to buy into to be part of community. And everything we're doing is to kind of further those ideals. Right. So it's very easy to kind of like, in some ways, self-assess ourselves on are we actually holding true to our beliefs and for others, right, to also, critis- you know, critique us against those things. And I think that's that's a, that's a big distinction for us.
0: No, for sure. I, I definitely agree there on, on the philosophical questions as well. So just to close out, I wanted to thank you so much for your time. Uh, let people know where they could follow you uh, to learn more um, and learn more about Decred as well.
1: Sure. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Akeen Sawyer. That's A-K-I-N-S-A-W-Y-E-R-R. Uh, probably the best place to reach me. And for our Decred community, you know, we're on Telegram. But If you really want to kind of, you know, get into the, the nuts of things, you want to come on to um, chat.decred.org. That's where we spend most of our time.
0: Awesome, McKean. Thanks so much for your time. Have a... Thank you so much, Tom. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode. Out soon.